movies or music? You pick. I pick television. Which one? Which one let's, are we going into? Let's do music. Music. You are the you're the music guru. So <laughs> open up the camera. I've heard, I've heard some songs in my life. Yes, and you've made some songs in your life. So, um, let's see here. <laughs> let me let me pull up the old last FM. See what I've been listening to. So, um. There's another Aqua Teen podcast that started up recently. Okay. And they started at the beginning of the year. And before they were doing their Aqua Teen podcast, it's a bunch of guys like talking about it. And a, a lot more uh, loosey-goosey than my podcast. Because my podcast, if if anybody hasn't listened, I, I, I literally take every single clip, play it, and then talk about it like in at length. So so they're, they're doing a more normal human being approach. Let me just interrupt you really quick. You What are the episodes? Like 13 minutes? 11 minutes? So after the intro and the credits, which I can just cut out at this point, because like, why am I going to play the intro every fucking time? It's about nine minutes. <laughs> so you, you take a nine minute, you take a nine minute episode and you turn it into an hour and a half podcast. So yes, <laughs> I think you go into it, Ronnie. I think, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Th- these guys are not doing that, which is smart on their end. But b- before they did this, <laughs> they did a C-Lab podcast and they went through every episode of C-Lab and now they're tackling Aquatine. And, and I guess their idea is to go through every Adult Swim show like o- like over the course of a year. So obviously, if they want to condense Aquatine into a year, there's over a hundred something Aquatine episodes. There's 52 weeks in a, in a year. They'll they'll figure something out. But the point is, one of the guys in that podcast, the, the main guy basically who does the podcast, uh, he's the one who kind of puts it together with his friends. He is in a band. He's he's actually in Chicago as well, just like you are, Calvin. And he's he he's in a lot of bands, but he, uh, the one band that he sings in is called Oscar Bait. Hmm. And I've I've been listening to them a lot. They're like kind of a, a punk kind of hardcore band, which normally I'm not super into, but they have like some melody to their songs. So that's like kind of what I need to enjoy that kind of music. Although because otherwise, like if there's no melody, it's hard for my brain to kind of wrap it, wrap itself around things. But so I've been listening to Oscar Bait a lot. They only have one. Well, no, they have two EPs. Uh, and, and, you know, a punk song is about one minute long. So <laughs> so uh, I, I was able to listen to those bad boys a bunch of times. But I've been listening to a lot of Oscar bait, uh, which they just put their newest EP out at the end of last year. And besides that, um, just I've been listening to more vinyl lately. I've been trying to, you know, like I, I, I spent money on all these records. I should probably listen to them. Yep. yep. Just random stuff. I'm also trying to, to list the stuff I'm not lis- listening to for sale just to try and get some money back. Um, I could tell you I have bought some records and I can look up and see real quick what those are and kind of talk about that a little bit. While you're looking, yeah, look it up. While you're looking that up, I want to talk about, um, this is not a new album. I think it came out in 2005, I want to say. Um, so I have recently been going through, I I think I'm the only person left that still buys music on iTunes. I, 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 <laughs> oh, you're the guy? Yeah, I'm the, only, the, guy? Yeah, I'm the <laughs> one person that's keeping that whole division intact. Um, yeah, I buy music and I have a huge iTunes library. Actually, looking at it right now, uh, I just pulled it up. I have 31.5 days of music in my iTunes. and That's um, awesome. I, you know... Uh, as I talked about earlier, I have 245 video games that I'm trying to play through. Like, I just have this like weird, I bounce around. <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm like a variety type person. Like I'm not like strictly, 
you know, rap or rock or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do like to bounce around. And so anyway, long story short, I've been going through and organizing my music library. And uh, the album became corrupted because it's, it was from 2005. So I recently repurchased it on iTunes, which is, um, do you ever listen to Speak for Yourself by Imogen Heap? Uh, no, but I know who she is. I'm very familiar with her music. Oh my fucking God. I listen to this and I'm like 18 years old again. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of had that album on repeat for the last few days. Um, yeah. If anyone's not familiar with Imogen Heap, she got really popular. Her song. Oh my God. I got to make sure I'm getting this. Um, hide and, hide seek. and seek. It was in the OC. Did you ever watch the OC? No, but that show actually did a lot. Like they, they blew Death Cab up as well. Like they're the reason that like a lot of these indie people got bigger. and uh, Block Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like that was like still the era of like music like I was in where because I knew about Death Cab for Cutie and Block Party and Imogen Heat before uh, the OC. So like, all right, Mister Brad. Yeah, I know, bones. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, hey, man, I knew these no, bands before the yeah, OC. Yeah, Fuck you, yeah, people were... who don't even know what show we're talking about. <laughs> There was a there was a name for us. It was called a douchebag. Yeah, it's totally fine. And um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I almost spit my beer out when you said that. Please shit. don't and um, <laughs> don't ruin your beautiful audio equipment over uh, I'm just a heat joke. Um, yeah, but anyway, so she had the song "Hide and Seek," which was on the OC uh, season three. Spoiler alert: when Marissa dies, I don't care. I'm ruining no! this. I'm <laughs> ruining this. I don't even care. You've had like I, I had to get more music recommendations from that show. You asshole. You had you had like twenty years to watch the show. Fucking catch up. All right, uh, Adrian Brody. Goddamn and um, oh, handsome man. Anyway, great album. Uh, uh, I need to listen to that because I see Hide and Seek is on that album. I, that song gives me fucking goosebumps, like straight up. That's an, an incredible. Like, like that song is big for good reason. Like that is such an insanely good song. Um, and for me, it was it was uh, so when I was eighteen, I, I I packed up and I moved to Vancouver, BC, Canada. And um, so there's the song "The Moment I Said It," and I remember it rains a lot on the West Coast. And I remember once being caught in the rain feeling overwhelmed at this turning point in my life of like, there's that point where you end high school and you go into something else. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, I was in a different country. I was in a brand new school with a whole bunch of people I didn't know. And I remember kind of feeling like, you know, the end of an era was over for me. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the last song on the album is called the moment I said it. And so I re-listened to this album when it got to that song, I was working and I, it, like, I just stopped. Oh, wow. And it was like, I got a little choked up. I'm not going to lie. Like a little teary. I didn't cry, but it was a little teary eyed. And, um, it's so weird. And I know you can relate to this where it's like music can do that to you. And like nothing oh, else yeah. can, like uh -huh. you listen to an album and all of a sudden, again, I'm an 18 year old boy who's sad that he's lost his friends, but he's excited for the next chapter in his life. And mm -hmm. those are two very conflicting feelings to have and uh so anyway i imagine he god damn you, you you made me an 18 year old boy again so thank you. <laughs> you, you you dropped the keyframes you dropped the mouse you just you had to sit there and enjoy the moment yeah it's always it's always like uh i don't want to say a treat but it's always like interesting when when you you get such a a distinct like you know that this is a turning point in your life and and that music definitely always like just whenever you hear it, it just brings you back to that it's like smells you know it like yeah, it just yeah, brings absolutely. you back to something and sometimes you can't explain it and sometimes you're not prepared for it and it's weird so yeah it's interesting because 
You know, I, I definitely had that with smells, with music. I don't really know that that happens, at least for me, with, with visual media, because like I could see a painting I saw back, only back in high school. And usually it's like, oh, that doesn't look as good as I remembered. But you hear a song or you smell something that like jogs your memory in that way. And it's like it just it's like exactly the same in a way or even better sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah, it's weird. So what else have you been listening to, my friend? I'm um, looking at these records. I've actually bought two comedy records, which I, I don't have any comedy records in my collection, but I, I found them both for insanely good prices. Uh, my favorite comedian is Todd Berry, who he he plays Romulox on Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, that, the douchebaggy guy. He's my favorite comedian. He has um, it, it was a, a seven inch that came with a c- comedy magazine back in 2004 with some of his jokes on it. So I got that. I'm very excited because I've wanted that for literally years, but people were always selling it for 20 bucks. I'm like, I'm not going to spend 20 bucks on a seven inch with like three minutes of comedy on it. Like that's just not worth it, but I got it for five bucks. So I'm excited for that. And then I got uh, Mitch Hedberg's first album on, on vinyl. Yeah. I love it. Yes. I mean this, his first album for me is very important because I listen to that just about every night to fall asleep because like, like he's so laid back and it just like it gives my brain something to attach on to, but it doesn't like keep me up on like I'm not like, oh, let me listen to this whole thing because I know all the jokes. But like he's so just chilled out that, you know, I can just listen to that. So I'm excited for that to come because I got that for a great price as well. It Being a vinyl fan, dude, it, it kind of sucks because people just price gouge everything like 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 a smashing like my fiance bought me Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness on vinyl a few years ago for like. 80 bucks which is a lot but it's it's four discs it's like a beautiful box set and for that price it or she maybe maybe got for like 60 or something now people are selling this shit for 400 dollars because it's out of, out of print it's like come on dude like everyone it, it's like ever since the pandemic hit like this and like crypto blew up nfts blow up like everyone just wants to make fucking money off shit and it's just like so uninteresting to me that like really like this is what we're coming like and i understand i'm not blaming people for wanting to make money because obviously everyone's fucking poor while the top five percent of humanity hoards all the wealth but it's like like with vinyl it's like stuff instantly sells out just so people can list it on fucking ebay or discogs to like sell it for twice as much it's like really like what are we doing here but yeah like luckily like i got those for good prices you know i'm from the midwest like you are calvin so i always have to mention whenever i get a deal that's what i'm most excited about <laughs> like, i got a deal on this thing man let me tell you about my coupons while we're playing some <laughs> yeah yo i got so many coupons they're paying me to take this vinyl <laughs> off their hands um yes otherwise I've just been like, so there's a band I really like. It's it's more so a musician with a band around him called Y. He started in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s as a rapper. And then he kind of built this band where he'll do like rap songs, but also like singing songs. It's like a, he's a very unique artist. And I've always really just liked him because as a guy, he seems so down to earth. And like, if you like tag him on something on Instagram, he'll go and like it and like even comment or whatever. He, he's like tweeted back to me or whatever like he he's not he's like an artist who like likes to interact with his fans and something really interesting that he's doing is uh him and his record label set up this this thing called the artist enabler program so you can either spend five bucks a month where it's like a subscription where he sends you a demo and a cover song every month and if you spend like 18 a month, they send they send you the demo on uh, on a, a lathe cut, which is like a uh, made to order vinyl. So I'm signed up for that because I just like love him. I've, I've loved him for a long time. And it's like I really want to support this guy. And 
you also get access to this exclusive Discord server where you can kind of chat with them. And then every Sunday, like our one Sunday out of the month, he'll do a Q&A. So like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, the, and and the Discord is fucking packed. So obviously, he's making good money, which is great because he's like a small artist. It's not like he's huge or anything. And like, it's so interesting to me that like, what he's doing is so absolutely fucking dumb. Simple is just giving fans a peek behind the curtains into the demo process and also access to like ask him questions. And like nobody else is doing this. Like I see artists like, let me sell some NFTs and shit. Yeah, it's yeah, like people yeah, just yeah. want to like, they want to hear your demos and talk to you. That's all they want. Like, is that so difficult? And this guy, luckily, like I'm sure he's keeping his head above water because, you know, artists can't tour as much right now um, with this program. And it's like, I don't understand why more artists aren't doing stuff like this. Well, even not only just are not many people touring now, but the people that are touring these uh, John Oliver actually just did a piece on this recently on his show about ticket prices and mm-hmm. it's astronomically insane. Um, oh, yeah. And he kind of breaks it down as to like why it is the way that it is. And it, it's really interesting. I recommend it. I haven't seen it, but let me guess that the venues are upping the prices to compensate for lost profits during COVID. Well, it's actually, you're not wrong, but it's also, it's, it's basically it's Ticketmaster. And they're saying basically like um, we have people that we have to pay off. But if you really delve into it, it's Ticketmaster paying Ticketmaster for, quote, the fees that they have to endure. It's really fucking weird. I mean, anybody who goes to concerts know that Ticketmaster is a fucking scam. Yeah. um, there, there's actually a, a Todd Berry joke where he's like, ticket prices are getting expensive these days. I had one guy trying to sell me a, a ticket to a show and he's like, I have tickets, but they're behind the stage, 70 bucks. And then Todd Berry's like, behind the stage, I'll just stay home. And the guy's like, stay home, 40 bucks. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's just ridiculous. Like they just want so much money, which is why I just am never super interested in going to concerts because if like if you want to see anybody remotely big, it's going to be insane compared to small bands that are like, 10 20 bucks exactly and they were even like uh john Oliver's bit goes into how some mu- musical groups uh like metallica and justin bieber have been caught actually selling their own tickets oh like scalping their own tickets yep of course yeah. uh because there was something like a percentage of tickets are actually released through Ticketmasters. because like the one example john oliver gave was like uh you know, Justin Bieber recently went on tour and his New York performance sold out in like 30 seconds. And John Oliver's like, well, that's not entirely correct because it's actually a, the, the tickets that went on sale for the general public sold out in like a record number. Yes. But that was only like 35% of the actual available tickets. Yeah. It's a whole crazy fucking thing. The music industry isn't fucking sane. So I believe it. And I'm, I'm sure the same thing is going on with vinyl too. When you hear about these pressings that sell out instantly, it's like, I, I they are not going to leave money on the table. You know that these labels or, or people associated with the artist are just fucking selling this shit on eBay and discogs for twice the price. There's no way they're not making that money. Oh yeah. No, hundred percent. And, um, but, Speaking of actually the records, though, the only recent one that I got that was really good, uh, Uncle, U-N-K-L-E, out of, out of, out of England. Oh, it sounds familiar, but I, I don't know the music. They're like one of my favorite bands. Uh, I love them. And they came out uh, with an album last year called Ronin. It is super good. And I was able to get um, a, a vinyl from them that's actually, it's signed. It's like a little bit more of like a limited release. Um, yeah. 
totally worth it. But um, oh, for sure. Yeah, Uncle's like one of they're in like my top five favorite bands. Um, ten out of ten. Uh, Ronan is a really, really, really good album. If anyone's ever wanted to get into Uncle, I recommend checking out Science Fiction. It's spelled, I think, P S Y, like science fiction. Um, super good. But um, I was listening to your podcast too. I can't remember which episode, but you were talking about uh, it. It's actually an album that I've gotten back into recently. Uh, you and I are both huge fans of the Downward Spiral, Nine Inch Nails. Oh yeah, been, oh. Listen, been listening to that. Love me some Trent. Me Reznor. too. And actually, you're actually I think the only other person I've ever heard talk about ghosts. What is it like one through thirty five or forty five? Something. It's it's something like that. Yeah. Um, I have that on vinyl, and I remember. Oh, nice. yeah. I remember when he came out. Uh, he put it online. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a pay what you want album, and mm-hmm. I fucking loved that because obviously some of the music in that that you mentioned in your podcast was um, had gone into the social network um yeah and that yeah, is yeah. like a it's it's funny because that movie is like very well recognized but i still think is an underappreciated film that movie is a fucking mm. 12 out of 10 star movie uh if there's, i need to watch it again because i i'd seen it but i was like 13 so i need to check it out again. Oh, i fucking love that movie and the music is yeah trent Reznor and atticus ross and mm-hmm. um dream team and i actually picked up so i was okay so i watched that movie so of course i have the social network album and i listened to that great album mm-hmm. and then um have you listened to how to destroy angels their band that they put together is that is that the one with trent and his wife yeah yeah yeah. and, and I, atticus ross uh, yeah I, i'm sure i heard it like when they came out with their first thing but i haven't heard it since it's really good I'm sure it is. Yeah, I need to check it out. Like, I'm not like super up to date either on like the newest Nine Inch Nails stuff, which is unfortunate because, again, I'm sure it's like Trent Reznor. I don't think has put out anything bad. Like there's stuff I don't maybe like as much, but like he doesn't put out garbage. No. Um, and it was actually really crazy is actually. So How to Destroy Angels is the name of the group mm-hmm. uh, and their album called Welcome to Oblivion came out in 2013. And I actually just discovered it like a couple months ago. Really good. 10 out of 10 recommended. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. I also I'm looking at this uh, science fiction credits, Mr. Calvin, and I'm seeing here we've we have Mr. Tom York on vocals. So, of course, of course, you're trying to backdoor that shit in. Yeah. Check this out, man. (laughs) You son of a bitch. I see what you're doing. He's in one song. And actually, what's really fucking funny. Okay, okay, Can I tell you a crazy, weird trivia story? Absolutely. So, okay, you mentioned that you didn't like OK Computer. Yes. Okay, computer. We, was need, a, we need to make, we need to do a podcast on that. I feel like like I feel like we have to discuss Okay, computer, at some point. See, I love it, but actually, my favorite album is their next album, which is what I'm going to talk about, which is Kid A. So long oh, story I, short, I, I like Kid A a lot. Yeah. I fucking love Kid A. That's my favorite album of theirs. But the song from Science Fiction called "Rabbit in Your Headlights." That's the only song Tom York's in. Uh-huh. Um, is actually my favorite Tom York song. Period. Uh, that's a it's a beautiful Ooh. song. It's an amazing song, and the music video is by uh, Jonathan Glazier. He's an English director. He did a great film called Sexy Beast, which if you've never seen, go watch Sexy Beast. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about. You just have to go watch it. Ben Kingsley's in it. Great I'll film. A ten out of ten film. Um, um, so they Radiohead came out with OK Computer. Radiohead was big. They were doing very well worldwide, but then OK Computer came out and then that's where they got put into like the fucking God category, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom York, uh, some people don't know this, actually got burnt out and they were like very close to like, that was it. Uh, and then Uncle teamed up with DJ Shadow. So Uncle, DJ Shadow, 
and Radiohead are my top are in my top three out of my top five favorite bands. Oh, the other wow, two okay. being Animal Collective and Dan Deacon. Mm-hmm. And um, so Uncle came out with science fiction. He brought on Tom York to make Rabbit in Your Headlights, and then he brought on DJ Shadow. DJ Shadow is more important than people actually know. Oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very seminal. Yeah, insane. And I've actually met him. Um, I, oh shit! Whoa, Calvin here. Yeah. Hold on, buddy. You, you you name dropping now. Can we rabbit hole for one more rabbit? Uh, absolutely. I got to hear this. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll just be 100% honest. One night I was high as a kite. <laughs> yes. And I went to DJ Shadow's concert. I was stoned out of my mind. And um, it was a it was a super small show. It was in Madison, Wisconsin. Like, including me, there was like maybe 60 people there. Okay. Super small. And the show got done. And he literally just walked to the edge of the stage and he sat down and he just hung out. We hung out with DJ Shadow like oh, that's so sick. for hours. And I used to, I think I still have him somewhere. I used to draw on $1 bills. It was like an art <laughs> form that I did. Like I'd like make Abraham Lincoln on a $1 yeah. bill or like a vampire. I used to like draw on $1 bills and I, I think I still have it somewhere. I'll have to look it up. If I do, if I find it, I'll, I'll share it in some capacity. So anyway, I'm high as a kite and I went up to DJ Shadow and I wanted him to sign my $1 bill to add it to my collection. Uh-huh. And I handed him the $1 and he was like, nah, dude, I don't take tips. And I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> I was like, nah, dude, sign it. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he signed it. Yeah. And I hung out with him for like, that's awesome. It was like two hours or something like that. It was, it was, he was a really nice guy. He was super chill, super fucking laid back, super cool. And it was even crazier going back to my other story. Um, so science fiction, Tom York's on, Tom York was kind of like iffy about Radiohead. They were kind of uh-huh. on the fence and it was actually DJ Shadow that inspired Tom York to get into the electronic, which then inspired Kid A. Like oh, how sick. fucking crazy is that? So like yeah. I met the man who inspired Tom <laughs> who York. Who saved Radiohead. <laughs> who saved Radiohead and I handed him a $1 bill and he was like, I don't take tips. And I was like, no, dude, sign it. Like, no, I'm just sign idiot. it, man. Just fucking sign it. And I think I still have it somewhere. I'll have to dig oh, it up. Awesome. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, Science Fiction is a great album, but um, yeah, I'll check. I, I need to hit you up for like a DJ Shadow record because, like, I know a decent amount of his music and I, I know like who he is and everything. I just don't know like off the top of my, I, I couldn't name a song. Enderducing. By him. That's the that's the name of the album is Enderducing, and there's technically three variants of the album, but just find the first one. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Three variants of the album. Go. Yeah. There's three remixes of the album in total and they're okay. all very good but just introduce it's called introducing yeah I, I found it on wikipedia i'll just have to when i uh look at it. hopefully on like title or whatever it's the um but what else have you been listening to my friend um let's see I, i'm really excited so uh <laughs> going to metal music here there's there's a band called conjurer who I really love they're from the UK and they only have one album out and if it, like their album is probably like the, my second most favorite album from 2018 it's called Meyer and like I don't listen to a ton of new metal music anymore or metal music in general these days but like like they're they're like the heavy like you know screaming growly vocals but like they just combine so many metal genres into one like like album that like I really really liked what they were doing and so they finally are announcing a new album so they put out a new single called I believe it dwells and not so hot on that single kind of disappointed because like their stuff was so riff oriented that it was really memorable even though it was really heavy and uh you know not mainstream music or anything 
but their their new single not really in that vein uh kind of forgettable i hate to say but i still pre-ordered the album like i have so much faith in them and goodwill from their out al- their first album that uh I'm, I'm still looking forward to it and i hope that their their single makes more sense within the context of the album but i'm excited i'm excited for that because yeah i don't listen to a ton of metal music anymore but I, I i have a soft spot for them because they're just so good and then also a band i like called dance gavin dance they just put out a new single and i'm excited for that album too again the single like it was good but it wasn't like oh shit i can't wait for this new album it wasn't like incredible but but uh, i'm excited for both still like I, like they're both great bands and i'm sure that the albums will be pretty good that's cool. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I got this, I got this recorded, so I will definitely look into this. So oh, I don't think, I don't think you'll like it, but <laughs> yeah, metal, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I don't see, I don't know what the definition of metal is. Well, my favorite album is, is St. Anger by Metallica. So if you like that album, then you'll like these bands. Trust me. If you like hearing a fucking <laughs> garbage can get hit by a drumstick, <laughs> it's not a bad, it's not a, like it sucks, but it's not a bad song. Like I have to say like in a dumb way, like it's like decent like it's like it's almost like laughably like good in a way i don't know anything about metallica i seriously 100 i don't i don't i couldn't name one song other than saint anger and so i i was in high school when that album came out and i liked that song and i was like oh if metallica's like this and a lot of people like them obviously it's gonna be good album. i bought that fucking album oh shit yeah, I bought it with my own money. You're you're one of the sales, buddy, just like my mom was. You're one of the sales. Me on that and your mom got something in common, son. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I put it. I remember I was in my car and I put it in, and right away it's like I think like Saint Anger is like song number one or two, probably yeah, something like that. And then just everything. It, I didn't even I didn't even finish the album. I still to this day <laughs> don't think I ever finished the album. It was absolutely awful. Like I said on that episode, dude, the songs literally like they just loop the song twice. It's fucking ridiculous. The songs are so long and they do not need to be. They could have had a tight like 30 minute album that would have been pretty fucking decent. But they just make the songs eight minutes for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Even like like again, like the songs are dumb, but they're like in a fun kind of way, like St. Anger, like it sucks. But but I'm not like angry when I hear it. But the fact that it's so fucking long is just like, what are they doing? It's absurd. And I have this like piece in my brain where like when something's really popular and I watch it, I don't like it. I always just go into this like, I don't know if it's doubt or self-criticism. I don't know what it is. I truly don't. But it's like, what's wrong with me? You know oh, yeah, what I mean? No, like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like that album was fucking huge when it came out. And I remember uh, listening to it. It's the same thing when I watched the first Transformers movie. Everyone was <laughs> like, why is everyone freaking Dude, out about this movie? Dude, what do you mean? Shia LaBeouf was amazing in that movie. Fuck you. I hate that movie. I still don't understand Fuck it. Fuck you, Calvin. I'm I, hanging up. I don't understand Transformers. I don't get it at all. I don't understand it, but I don't think I'm the target market. So Nah, you just got to watch it again. Just watch it 10 more times eventually you'll have like that that's what i noticed is interesting is if you're exposed to something so much eventually you just like it maybe so i think i'm actually right about that if you do watch it 10 more times i guarantee you'll probably like it maybe but i won't um <laughs> maybe no i know how you, i know how you feel like that's how, that's how i like with okay computer because like i tried to listen like i went into it like this is one of the best albums of all time I'm going to love this so much. And I just like made myself listen to it so many times. And I'm like, I don't like it. What's wrong with me? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird what hooks us. 
Yeah, I, yeah, it's always like just so fun to see because like, like I feel like guys like us don't ever go into anything trying to dislike it. Like every single thing I go into, I want to like it because like there's obviously with you and I, there's so many things that like we're super passionate about, and it's like, wouldn't it be great to feel that way about everything? Maybe it'd be a little exhausting, but like, like why wouldn't you want to feel just super excited, enthusiastic about everything? But some things, it's like I want to like this, but I just fucking can't get into it. Uh, I, I actually. I hope we're going to use this because um, I got word back from Hannah. She has not seen True Detective. So I was thinking of a different show. In. She was, this is <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. Hannah gentlemen. has not seen Detective, True Detective <laughs> so season one. So I actually uh, don't, like, I, I wasn't familiar with the show. Well, that then what the about. fuck were you talking about, Ronnie? I, dude, okay, to be honest, <laughs> I, 100% of the time, I'm just talking on my ass. Me too. I don't do any research for my podcast. I just make shit up. I'm like, yeah, and uh, in this scene, they were actually doing this. <laughs> if you look closely, the pixel's off by three pixels. <laughs> and then people are trying to see it at home, and they're like, the pixels aren't off. What are you talking about? <laughs> It's fucking fine, guy, Ronnie. What is this guy talking about? Go home, you drunk, Ronnie. <laughs> um, movies, The Matrix. Yeah, we got we got some Matrix. I'm, you know, is that still on HBO Max? Because I was I supposed know. to see that, but I never did. You didn't watch it? No, because I wanted to rewatch all the like the ones leading up to it first, and I just never did that. Okay. Um, I am. I know there's other people that have said this, and I'm going to say it too. I mean this in absolute sincerity. Who you are talking to today, the person right now, right here, I swear to God, was like shaped, molded, and created because of the first Matrix movie. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, it's it's a film that like I can't put into words because it's like, it's a, I mean, you've seen it. It's a movie about like being the outsider and thinking for yourself is creative and the correct thing to do. And mm -hmm. that... You know, you don't need anything in this world to define who you are other than like love and the love for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I love it. And, you know, the film has gone on, um, you know, it, it's like recognized heavily in the LGBTQ community, especially for like transgender people, because again, it's like who you oh, are. The directors yeah, too. Yeah. They talk, they both have talked about that the film whether it was conscious or subconscious, I don't know, is about that, about like who you are on the inside versus what you look like on the outside. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the first Matrix movie is just absolute lightning in a bottle that defined an entire generation of not just like people like me, but like films like Resident Evil has Matrix-esque shots in those terrible, god-awful movies. And um, <laughs> so many other films have done the same. Like, I still watch movies to this day where, like, a character, even the Marvel movies, like, punch a character and they fly both feet off the ground 15 uh -huh. feet behind them and they hit, a, 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 a like, a rock wall and it crumbles behind them. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the Matrix did all of that. Yeah. And... The second and the third Matrix movies, I do like them. I think that... Yeah, they're fine. They're not, like, great, but they're okay. They have really good ideas. Um, again, like, I love the idea that, like, the the one is just another form of control. Uh-huh. Like, I really like that as an idea. I really love, like, I'm a big philosophy nut. I love, like, determinism versus fatalism versus predestination and, like, mm -hmm. what is actual choice. And there's yeah. like some things in the second and third movie that are like definitely dropped that are really interesting to talk about and think about. 
And then there's the fourth major. So you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I've heard people talk about it. So I am familiar with a lot of the points that people don't like about it. I didn't like it. Yeah, that's what I that seems to be kind of the consensus. And it's kind of sad. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that is sad because it's like, you know, almost two decades later, they're bringing the shit back. And it's like, for what? You know, why? Only so the I I won't spoil it. I promise I won't. But the film gets very meta. Yeah, that's what I heard. And there's a part in the movie where they're talking about how like, so Thomas Anderson has come back to life. I won't spoil why. Um, and he actually has made the Matrix movies, all three of them, into a video game in the Matrix that he's now currently living in. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fucking stupid, dude. What the fuck? It's weird. Come on. Yeah, it's really weird. And there's this part of me that actually really liked it, but they didn't do enough with it. They didn't sure. dive deep enough. It's just this like, it's like scattered on the surface and they didn't actually mm. dive into it. But there's a line where... I don't even I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. A, a guy. I'm just going to say a guy. I don't even want to talk about who this guy is. <laughs> He's like Thomas Anderson's boss. I don't even want to talk about it. So don't even ask. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, we got to make a fourth game game, quote unquote, being the fourth movie, which we are watching the fourth movie. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Hand of the Bible. He says our parent company, Warner Brothers, is forcing her hand. Oh, Lord. So obviously it's Lana Wachowski talking about how she was forced to make this movie. But here's the thing is like I could not imagine what it's like to make The Matrix and then to have that happen to you where they're like, we're going to go ahead with or without you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's got to suck. Like imagine. If, oh, yeah, that is awful. Imagine yeah. if I took Dancing is Forbidden from you away today and I said with or without you, I'm going to do something, but you're not going to agree with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that would suck because you you started it. You made it. It's your baby, you know. Yeah. And so I get that. But like, here's my question. If somebody's going to take it away from you and turn it into shit, why do you have to step in and turn it to shit? Why? Like, if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, let that fall onto somebody else. I'm done so that I'm not the one that brought it into this realm of terribleness. That's what I don't understand. But obviously... Yeah, like that's the kind of thing it's like I I wasn't there, so I don't really know what Lana was working with. Exactly. I could see both sides. I definitely see your side, but I also see her side of being like, well, fuck, maybe I can salvage this a little bit or make it like OK. Um, I, I w- It's weird. I don't know. I genuinely don't know how what I would do in that situation. Exactly. It's weird. And I don't either. And that is the answer is that we don't know. I We don't know what Lana was going through. Uh, and I 100 percent agree with that. It's just. It's just sad. I don't know. It was it was kind of a bummer for me because, again, this is a movie that literally told a like 12 year old me it's okay to be weird. Uh huh. And the film still embraces difference. It just it just feels deflated. It just feels like it's like a corporation telling me that it's okay to be different. And that's not what I need. Yeah. Like in my life. So uh, I would recommend watching it. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. Like I said, I, I just wanted to see all the movies again because it's been some time since I've seen the second and the third. Okay. Um, plus, yeah, I was gonna watch that with my fiance. I don't even know if she's seen the second and the third, so we just never we just never got around to it. But no, yeah, I definitely will. Like, I, I can't imagine it's like horrible, but I definitely understand like 
just people just not liking it. Yeah, I, I, there are definitely worse films out there to watch. It's just like I watch it for free, you know. Well, see, the, the difference between you and me is that when it comes to movies, I am just fucking dumb and I usually just like anything. Okay. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> and then I look at it as like a fucking four on IMDb. I'm like, oh, all right. Go me. <laughs> but then I also watch like a critically acclaimed film. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. And then I hear you talk about it and you're like mentioning all this shit I never fucking thought of in my life <laughs> about it. I'm like, oh, I just I just took it at face value and liked it <laughs> um what have you watched recently what have any movies popped out in your head um, on your end I, uh, I i've me and my fiance keep putting off seeing the new batman film um we want to see it in theaters which i think it's only going to be there for like less than a month now i've heard good things about it i'm not i've never even seen a full batman film before so i'm not like a superhero nut or anything but my fiance introduced me to the Twilight films like a year ago, and I ended up really liking those. Like, like they're not good movies, but but like they're you know it's like fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're not horrible, but it's like it's like kind of unique and a good time. And um, so that's why I'm interested to see the the new Batman film because it's the guy who played Edward. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen that. Unfortunately, we actually went to the theater because her mom was in town. I was telling you off, Mike. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hannah's mom was in town, so we're like, "Oh yeah, let's go see the new Batman." So, so we go. This was like a week ago. So the movie has been out for over a month. I assume everyone has fucking seen it and <laughs> wants to see it. Nope, we get there. Oh, sorry, the show is sold out. It's the last one of the night. Okay, well, well, it was sorry. It wasn't sold out. All the seats available were either disconnected from each other, which obviously we want to sit together, or we had to sit all in the front row, which obviously mm, I'm not doing that. that yeah. So we just drove back home after that. But so, yeah, I want to see that. But I'm trying to think of what I've seen. I don't really think I've seen anything worth talking about because I know my fiance and I, my fiance and I watched one like really dumb Netflix movie, like a some like it's like some lady. Um, I, I uh, miss our, our shitty film club because at least that was like a time I would I would sit down and watch something as opposed like normally I don't watch movies a whole lot on my own. If anyone is listening and you, Ronnie and I are, we're fans of shitty film. We love bad <laughs> movies. We love The Room. We love Troll 2. We love m many other bad films. Yeah, I need to bring it back. We watched the Jeremy Irons Dungeon and Dragon. That was a fun one. That was fun. We watched uh, the, the Incredible Bulk. Incredible that was Bulk. great. Yeah. But then we watched the, the director's other movie. And of course, that was the one that Hannah showed up to. And that one fucking sucked. That, that movie was, was just bad. It was like bad, bad. Yeah, it was like not not enjoyable bad. It was like it was like just watch the trailer and you'll see every funny moment of that fucking movie bad. And I just remember those the girl, the the two women in the beginning actually got nude on camera and I just was like, dude, not for right this away. movie. Like don't not for this. Please no God, Yeah, no, right please. away like I knew I'm like, this probably isn't gonna be good. And it wasn't. It was just people walking around in a fucking in the fucking woods. Yeah. Basically the whole time. That that was uh, the movie was Aliens versus Avatars. <laughs> It was supposed to be like the Aliens franchise versus uh, the Avatar. But like the characters obviously didn't really look like the franchises. It felt forced. Like mm -hmm. the Incredible Bulk is funny because you can tell they tried and failed along the way. And I think you and I are fans of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they put somebody put 110 percent in the movie. And for whatever reason, for some unexplainable reason, it turned to this like 
alien, bizarre, weird film that is unexplainable by the concepts of any mind on this planet. And like, those are my favorite. Where <laughs> like nobody like, could sit down and write what it turned out to be. Like, it's just like, it's just a, a child of circumstance completely. And like we were saying, like, again, like the decision-making of like, you know, again, say Lana Wachowski and like the decision-making that goes into the whole filmmaking process as a whole. I, it's just like, you just watch it and you're like, I want to know what happened here. Like another great example is the most recent, well, there's only two. So it's the second independent it's the movie. Have you There's seen a it? second one. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the first one. I remember it was like decent, but I was also a kid. Yeah, but I didn't know there was a second one. For a '90s movie, the first one is fine. Roland Emmerich. It's a stupid Roland Emmerich movie, but the second one um, is truly god awful. So I think. I'm the last person. So I'm the last person that buys music on iTunes. And I'm also the last person that has Netflix DVD. (laughs) (laughs) And you're complaining to me about boomers before we start recording. It turns (laughs) out you're fucking, you're one of them. The Blu-ray isn't working. Um, uh, Yeah, no, I have Netflix streaming, but I have the DVD as well, because you can just build a huge long queue and then you kind of set it and forget it. And um, I had put the second independence day in and, yeah, my girlfriend made it, I think, about, like, six minutes into it. And she was like, nope. And she just fucking <laughs> left. And I ended up laughing my tits off. It's a it's a great movie for a dumb time. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh, but you mentioned Robert Pattinson, the Batman. I've not seen the new Batman either. I like Batman as a character, but I'm not gung-ho on the, on the superhero movies either. So I'll just wait. Sure. Actually, one movie I'm super <laughs> excited for. Uh, I, I, I wasn't ballsy enough to go to theaters to go see it, but I do want to see the new Jackass movie really bad. I love those guys. Oh yeah, I saw that was coming out. I, I, you know what? I don't know that I've ever seen a full Jackass movie before. I, I love those guys with all of my heart. Um, for different reasons. Some good, some bad. Like if you grew up with that shit, I totally understand like why you'd be like, like, yeah, like why it would mean so much to you. Cause like they've been releasing movies for a long time and I, I caught some of their shows on TV Back in the day, like I used to watch Wild Boys with Steve-O and I forgot what the other guy's name, Chris. Chris Pontius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like that a lot. You know, I watched uh, the Bam Margera's show. <laughs> Viva La Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, I would be interested definitely to watch those movies. I want to see the new one, but I'm going to just wait for it to come to, to digital. But um, uh, um, oh my God, what's what's Twilight Boy's name? Uh, Edward Pattinson. He's an amazing actor. Edward. <laughs> Edward. Robert, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Edwin, <laughs> Jesus. Um, Robert Pattinson. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I, like, all these people were, like, shitting their britches about, like, him being Batman because he was in Twilight. But, like, and I, and, like I'm asking you and everyone listening, but, like, have you seen any of his other movies? No, but I know, like, he, like, he hates Twilight now. He shit talks it. Like, he always, even when he was in it, he shit talked it. And, like, he's, like, a real deal actor. Like, he was in some serious fucking movies. It's not like yeah. he just did, like, little teen shit for the no. rest of his life. He was just trying to pay the bills with that shit. Yeah, and, like, good for him. He made a mm-hmm. lot of money, and then he moved on, and he's made amazing movies. Two of them being, um, the first is The Lighthouse with William Dafoe. I want to see that. That looks really Really good. Oh, it's fucking amazing. I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna say one word. It's an amazing movie. Definitely go see it. And um another great movie he is in is an A24 film. I unfortunately can't remember the director off the top of my head. I'm not gonna look it up because we gotta keep moving. Is uh <laughs> it's called Good Time. Okay. Uh I promise this is the very beginning of the movie. It's him and his cousin, and his cousin is a bit peculiar to say the least. And uh I think they they, they rob a bank they rob something it's been a minute since i've seen it but they rob something and 
like they got away with it and they're in the car Ooh. and life is good and they open up the money bag and it explodes with that like anti oh yeah like that blue shit or whatever it's pink in this oh, okay, movie yeah. it's bright pink um and it sprays all over them and they are downtown in a big city <sighs> it's good. a fucking amazing movie i it's a, it's a it's an intense movie it will make you feel uncomfortable but that's the point okay and it is a character literally going to the depths of what a shitty person will do to survive and it's an amazing movie and it's probably my favorite performance by him ever and so like yeah, seeing all these people like I was like, dude, did you see these other movies? It's like, yeah. of course, no, you didn't. Of course, you didn't. You fucking watch Transformers, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that was High Life. You said it's called Good Time. Oh, sorry, uh, Good. Great film. Um, okay. I got it pulled up here, so I'll I'll keep that in mind. Speaking of bad films. This is a bad film that's a bad film, but because it's such a bad, bad film, because, again, there's, like, good, bad film, and then there's bad, bad film, right? Right, yeah. Bad, bad film that's so bad it was fun to watch. I don't know if you saw it. Was the... The fuck was it called? This a fucking The Sopranos movie. Oh, I think you I think you told me about that. It was, it, was, it was the worst movie I've uh, seen. The Many Saints of Newark. Newark. That's it. Yes, dude. Um, did you ever watch The Sopranos? I watched like the first two episodes and then not anything beyond that. I I love I love The Sopranos. I love the ending. A lot of people didn't like it. It's amazing. And I will talk to anybody. I will actually like sit down with anybody and like talk about the ending and be like, no, really, trust me. It's I, good. I will fist fight anybody. No, over this ending. I come at it from a peaceful approach because it's like you have to think about it and you kind of have to understand the situation a little bit. Right. And it's an amazing ending. But yeah, they made the many scenes of Newark and it is a zero out of ten film. <laughs> but you said it was it was uh, enjoyable, though, right? It was enjoyable to watch with my girlfriend. Right. Because it was like bad. Yeah. 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 I remember. So wait, hold on. So she watched it with you? Because I know that, that she is not into bad movies. She's not. I think it was just a like, it's so fucking terrible of a car wreck that she couldn't look away. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, an actual quote is uh, we paused the movie to like go to the bathroom and like get some water and stuff. And we came back and because we'd paused it, the little play meter on the bottom was up. Uh-huh. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, we are 55 minutes into this movie and a conflict has still not arisen. And like that's, <laughs> that's, it's that kind of a movie where you're watching it and you're like, what the fuck is the point of any of this? I am 99% certain it's just like some fanboy wrote it. Uh-huh. But like, if you want, <laughs> if you watch The Sopranos, the show is actually about how like, these people are kind of douchebags. They're kind of like, they're people you don't like. And if they're people that were in your home, you probably wouldn't want them there. Mm-hmm. And that's what the show is about. But the movie tries to like glorify them. Oh, okay. So I just like, I just wish I could like sit down with a writer and be like, what was your intention with this? Because like, it's the antithesis to what the show was actually about. Like the show is not glorifying the gangster, the Italian mafia lifestyle, it's, it's doing the opposite. It's showing you that like 
these people are like psychotic fucking criminals and they mm-hmm. deserve everything that's horrible to happen to them. But the movie's like, hey, bada boom, bada bing, we're cool, aren't we? And it's just like, <laughs> oh my Making God. money. <laughs> hey, we're in the 50s. And we watched the movie Goodfellas. Didn't you see that movie? Oh yeah. my God. So, so this was like a prequel or something, right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, cause, and it, the, only, the only cool thing about the movie is that James Gandolfini, rest in peace, he died in real life, uh, Tony Soprano. So his son, James Gandolfini's son, plays a young Tony Soprano. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is the only cool and notable thing of the movie, and it's literally the only thing that carried it. So, uh, one other quick film I wanted to talk about, really quick, that I saw. I think it came out in like, I think it came out in twenty twenty, maybe even twenty nineteen. Um, hold on. I got to make sure I'm getting this name correct. Hold on. <laughs> my names are not my, my, oh my God, where is it? Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. It's on streaming. You can watch it. Sam Rockwell. Uh, it is called the best of enemies. Have you heard of it? No, I don't think so. Sam Rockwell. I unfortunately don't know the, the other actor, I don't know her name. Unfortunately, it's not my head. I should a, a, a wise podcaster. Taraji P. Henson. Okay. Um, it's a black woman and Sam Rockwell in, I uh, think, like, Alabama. No, it's in, uh, it's either North or South Carolina. I think it's North Carolina in, like, the 60s. So this is, like, post-Martin Luther King. This is all based on a true story. Um, an all-black school burns down. uh uh-huh. And the government by, by accident or uh... no, truly by accident. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, the the government d- doesn't by law they can't not do anything. Right. But the government understands that if they merge the schools of the white kids and the black kids, that there's just going to be like chaos and hell to pay. Mm-hmm. So they bring in an expert, I think from like Harvard, to effectively talk to the town to come up with a consensus for what is best. Like if government can't solve it, then the people should. So they put on these town meetings. And so they have uh, this woman who obviously represents the black community. And then Sam Rockwell is a leader of the Ku Klux Klan. And he oh. represents the white people. Oh, and Jesus Christ. It's, it's a really good movie. It's oh, a, I'm sure it is. It's yeah, a yeah. really, and it's not like, it's not one of those like, feel bad it's actually fairly funny in a lot of points oh, like it's really? not it's not a comedy by any means but sure, yeah. it is a pretty lighthearted film and i highly recommend it super good it's probably like one of the best films i've watched in quite some time so yeah for sure i'll, I'll check that sounds really interesting yeah the best of enemies and it's based on a true story too which is like like i watched it with my mom and she was like She's like, this is based on a true story. And I was like, I know, right? Like, this is fucked up. So, um, <laughs> well, I, I learned the other day, and I did not know this, which goes to show the failings of our education system, is that I guess after the Civil War, black people in America actually got like a decent amount of rights. They weren't like equal to white people, but they actually got a lot of rights around that time. And then it was slowly stripped back over like 60 years until you know like you know jim crow era and stuff so i think that's like super interesting because like we aren't taught that that people were given rights and then taken them away and i think because of that we don't 
tend to look out for that kind of thing because we don't expect it to happen. A million percent. There's um, I, and I, I'm going to show favoritism because Dan Deacon did the music for it. Uh, but there's a documentary called Rat Film. Really good. It's called Rat Film, and it's a whole documentary about rats, but it has nothing to do with rats. It's not about rats at all. But it is. It's about rats 100%, but it's not about rats 100% at the exact same time. But it goes into a lot of things. But one of the things that it talks about, uh, which a lot of news sources go on in, which is the, the housing segregation, which mm-hmm. is that like back in the day, banks used to color coordinate maps they would hang up maps of the city so for example like rat film talks about baltimore uh they would hang up maps and they would color code it i can't remember the three colors i think it's like pink yellow and blue and i can't remember which one means which but one of the colors meant zero percent chance of ever ascertaining a loan yellow meant maybe and then like one of the colors was like a hundred percent you're gonna get a loan right uh-huh. Well, guess which neighborhoods got the absolutely never get oh, a bank I don't loan? Know. I don't know if I could guess this, Calvin. Yeah. That seems like it might be too difficult. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so it goes into that. And 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 from that documentary, I, I went in and like looked into a bunch of other stuff. And like this was covered heavily in like a lot of news sources as well. And this was something that I never learned in public education because like imagine opening a business. Imagine going to school. Imagine buying a house. Imagine – all of the imagine you're planning a fucking wedding. Like imagine all these things without a loan of some capacity. Mm-hmm, right. You wouldn't do it. It's impossible. It's In impossible. Society, it's impossible. And it was back then as well. You couldn't buy a house, you know, without a loan. And mm-hmm. so imagine it, a whole community, a whole segregation of black people being literally forced in an area because they couldn't get a loan to create a business, to go to school, to get themselves mm. out of that situation, it forces a repetitious na- uh, uh, nature. Anyway, it's a really good documentary. He can explain it way better than that I can. That sounds incredible, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence why it's called Rat Film, because there's more uh, to it than that as well. They talk about how they actually tested rat poisons in a lot of these black neighborhoods, and it's fucking insane. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just something... I've said the same thing that you just said, which is like, I never learned this in my public education. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So Yeah, this is like there's just like so much shit that I need to learn, like that I've same. never been exposed to. Same, yeah. Throughout like, you know, like my day-to-day life, but there's just like, yeah, there's just so much eye-opening shit. It's out there. And um yeah, and there's obviously yeah, there's good podcasts and books and movies and documentaries sure, out there. Yeah. And yeah, it's infinite. So um Anything else you wanted to bring up? Movies, um, music, well, games? Uh, actually, somebody reached out to me recently because we did an episode on Prefab Sprout. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned in the episode that I had done like this whole Reddit thread with my buddy about that album, uh, Jordan the Comeback. And somebody reached out to me like, oh, I really enjoyed your thread. Like, like it was really nice. The, the guy just messaged me like saying how he appreciated the thread and stuff like that because he had been getting into the album. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, you should check out this podcast I did where, I, you know, I explained the You Show show and all that good stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I, I had him go listen to it. And then I went and listened to it. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. Uh, like, I, I wish that we could just re-record the whole thing because I listened to it. And it's just <laughs> like, I'm just like laughing nonstop in the background, <laughs> like anytime you say anything. And like, it's difficult because 
when I do my podcast, obviously it's like, it's not a conversation. Well, it's a conversation between me and the listener, but it's not like I'm not responding to anybody, but my natural instinct when I'm, when I'm talking to people is like, usually to like laugh and have a good time. But like on a podcast medium, I'm just like, Oh my God, that's fucking annoying. But, uh, I, I think that just kind of comes down to having to let the person experiencing the thing kind of, uh, dictate, how they feel about it, you know, because like as somebody who makes something, you're going to have a different approach to the content itself than the person who listens to it. But yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, check this out. And then I, then I go and listen as well. And I was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> I'm just like constantly laughing. Hopefully for good reasons. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Like it's probably just me just like overanalyzing it. But I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, but, but I love <laughs> overanalyzing. I love overanalyzing things. I do because it's like, I think she's for like, for me, I don't know if I've ever conveyed this in my episode, but I, I've, I've tried and it's definitely everything in life is practice, but it's like, that's, see, that's my favorite thing in this world is that you and I could sit down and watch the same movie, watch the same TV show, play the same video game, listen to the same album and have two completely different interpretations of it because yeah, you and I have different sure. lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, and I, that, that those differences to me fascinate me. And that is what I've tried to pull out of like, all of this is like, what, 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 first of all, why'd you pick this? Because again, you, there's a million things in this world you could pick. Why'd mm-hmm. you, you know, why'd you pick Jordan to come back? And yeah. um, I think that analysis is like, for me, it's important because like to understand why you like something is important because again, like I see so many people like do the fucking Star Wars movies fucking dope. And it's like, well, was it, you know what I mean? Like if you liked it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit talk you. I'm not, everybody likes something, but like, again, like I can, I can go back to the end of the Sopranos. Um, when that happened, there are people still to this day that are like, it was absolutely awful, but I don't think they understand it because they're not thinking for it for themselves. Mm-hmm. You have to interpret it. And there's a lot of people, especially with media, that don't want to. And while I need to try to respect that and understand as best as I can, I can't fully accept it. You know what I mean? I can't fully understand it. Because right. it's like my brain works a million miles a minute on interpreting all of it. You know, again, wh- like, why Why did you make this? What are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can look at certain films and it's like, no, that's not really what it's about. It's actually about x y and z you know it has a philosophy behind it so so i'm glad you got analytical baby welcome to the club um (laughs) it's good (laughs) the water's warm come on in so uh speaking of dread the comeback i actually i did listen to it uh recently and it was it was it was fun it was fun to go back to it again so with the appreciation of the history from my good friend ronnie yeah yeah um and I, i always think that's the most interesting like 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 media i guess is because like with jordan the comeback i'm like oh yeah you know i i i love it but i understand like here's what's wrong with it and i understand why somebody doesn't like it because of that and then you know you're kind of the same like with radiohead it's like yeah i love it but i understand why people don't like it and and also you with magic the gathering you're like you're like oh i I love it but also i hate it too there's things about like like i don't to me like that's that seems to be the stuff that's that really means the most to people is, is, is when there's like, like, because if you just inherently love somebody or some, something rather, it makes sense why you love it. But if there's like things you don't like about it, but you still love it despite that, then to me that like, that's a little bit more interesting. That is more interesting. And I feel like it's like, like, like 
fandom is an interesting thing because like I've met like I've met fans of like Star Wars and Star Trek and there's some people that you know like fandom means you know I can recite every piece of trivia to Star Trek and you know like I'm not a huge Trekkie so like my only thing that I can compare it to is like Star Wars and like I can't tell you the name of like every race in the in the right, universe right, right. but I can tell you which themes I can tell you you know, like the feelings and the emotions that it's going towards. And I, 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 I like that more, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. more interesting is like, cool. The Kurlugians shot the 505 phasers, stun fun, <laughs> but like, why did they do it? That's more interesting, sure, 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 you sure. know, like what's, what's, what's in between the lines. So, mm-hmm. and I, I guess, I guess that's like the cool thing about, you know, you know, certain franchises and stuff is that, you know, some people, do like just the face value stuff of what happened. And then, you know, like, but there's also the, the, the component that can reach out to people. That's, you know, well, why is that? How can that relate to, to normal human beings and stuff like that? Like, I, like I love the Harry Potter books. The mo- the movies is, is a different story for me, but I love the books and I know people who are like, oh, I don't want to read that. I don't like that wizard shit. And it's like, well, it's, like, I don't like it because of the wizard stuff. It's not like, oh, cool. Harry did that spell. Uh-huh. That's so sick. Like, so it, radical. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's real human, you know, like relationships and, and stories and stuff like that. Like, that's what draws me to it with with this whole magic backdrop. So, yeah, like it's always like and that's that's the strength of that kind of media is that, you know, it can apply to both people. Because I'm sure there are people who would only care about it because of the magic element, too. And, you know, yeah. that's fine, I guess. It's funny you mentioned that. My Nat and I, we watch all the Harry Potter films around Christmas time every year. We like, I like the movies. We like the movies a lot. And um, every year, we both end up asking questions, like, you know, why, why, why do they do that? Who is this? What is that? Where does this come from? So I actually started reading the books. Uh-huh. I am halfway through the third book right now at the age of 35. I'm 35 <laughs> years late to the party. Hell yeah. Fuck it. Uh, they're pretty good books. And they're fun. You know what I mean? They're fun. Yeah. They're, they're fun books to read. I, I've been enjoying them. Well, similar to the movies is, you know, the books obviously get a little bit more mature in theme mm-hmm. and writing as mm-hmm. they go on. So so uh, like uh, the first three, I didn't really like that much. I only read them because Hannah was into them and I was like, all right, I'll read them. And and I'll, I was joking, like I'll read them. like I'll read one every year that we're together or something. But I ended up reading all of them in, in three months <laughs> because awesome. I was like, so like the first three, I didn't like the third specifically was my least favorite because I felt like nothing really happened in that one. But uh, from the fourth on, it, I, I felt like they're like genuinely like decent books. Yeah, they're good. They're interesting. I um, Yeah, and they, I, I don't know if you saw it. They're coming out with a Harry Potter video game. Oh, that's right. Is that not like an MMO or something? Or am I wrong about that? I think it's a single player game. Oh, shit. Uh, but there's like a 15 minute little introduction on YouTube. Check it out. It's it. it I'm. It looks pretty cool. I'm yeah, actually yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's an open world RPG. Yeah, that looks cool. That'll be cool. I there's a couple things that I hope for. Like you can actually be sorted into a home, uh, which is kind of cool. And I like I'm I'm really hoping that like the game will open with like maybe like a questionnaire. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, you know, you see a child hungry on the street. Do you give him money? Do you invite him into your house? Do you leave him alone? And obviously if you leave him alone, you're in the Slytherin house, you know, like, um, <laughs> you know, things like that that can like kind of yeah. build like a point system. Yeah. Maybe they'll just let you pick. I don't know. We'll see, but it does seem interesting. I have high hopes for it so far. So 
Yeah, that seems especially like to me, it's interesting that they're making that so long after like the books and the film have wrapped up. You know what I mean? So like I would hope in that case that it would be good that it's worth. They're not just trying to cash in real quick on something that's hot in the culture because Harry Potter, like obviously it's a mainstay, but it's not like particularly hot right now. Yeah. I don't know if you saw any of those like Fantastic Beast movie, but those are pretty bad. I didn't like them. I would I, believe it. <laughs> I, those felt like cash grabs, and they're actually coming out with another one pretty soon. But um, but yeah, the Harry Potter books are interesting. They're good. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what you think once you finish, like how you how you compare them to the movies, because obviously I don't expect the movie to completely replicate the book one to one. That's ridiculous. But, but like, there's some simple thing, like some simple character choices that they just completely change in the movies that like change the whole character, in my opinion, that don't really make sense why they had the characters do certain things that I'd be interested to hear your take on, especially because you're so, uh, you know, well, I guess watched on the movies that you'll probably notice these things right away once you read them, particularly towards like the like the latter half of the books. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been interesting. Well, as my friend, <laughs> as my friend Janine always says, I don't always listen to two straight white guys talk for two hours, but when I do, I have a handgun, a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> and two lines of coke in front of me to get through it. So, thank you everybody for making it this far. I, we don't know how you did it. We don't know how we did it. We don't know how anybody did it. So, th- yes, thank you. Round of, applause Round of applause to you, the listener, for listening to this dumb shit. So, thank you. It means a lot to Ryan and me. We had fun. Hopefully you did too. I don't think we're chauvinistic or opinionated too much i don't think no, we that's are. for our other podcast uh i don't know <laughs> the you shit shit the show where <laughs> the you, you shit, shit, shit the show the joe rogan show where <laughs> welcome to the you joe joe it's the joe where you joe yeah. things yeah where we, we talk about the recent joe rogan podcast and how we agree with it i don't think i said my name again at the start of this episode i don't i don't do that very well but that's okay <laughs> i think you that you're just like here's ronnie here's yeah, our conversation i don't care no one's paying me fuck you go um, back and edit it in yeah hello my name is kelton <laughs> it's just completely like out of fucking <laughs> out of the, the flow of the conversation it's gonna be perfect um well anyway uh thanks for listening in ronnie will return actually we let's talk about it really quick we're gonna come back we're gonna have a fight Ronnie and I are going to strap on. Fight is a really loose uh, word there. No, it's as tight as, as tight as the Titanic, baby. We're going to put on boxing gloves with a bunch of oh knives duct taped to it, and we're going to fist the cuffs fight. We're going to call each other names like poop fart. It's going to get fucking nasty. Oh, dude, it's going to be a blood orgy. And Actually, um, it's not even going to be a podcast. It's going to be an MMA video on YouTube where we just beat each other up in the nude. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I got I got a tattoo planned, ready to go. <laughs> uh, but we're going to film fight about The Room and Troll 2. It's coming up soon. We're, yeah, we're both coming. coordinating on our ends. This is a lot of things to have to get through to do it. So, um, excuse me, uh, expect that to come in another four months <laughs> in another <laughs> it's a work quarter, in progress in another quarter of a year fuck it none of this matters um but yeah uh thanks for being here and thank you ronnie for being here today i appreciate it and uh um, and as your friend janine would say uh-huh you won't like every radiohead album but you'll <laughs> like at least one you'll like at least one of them comma damn it <laughs> cheers everybody bye bye